we're going to start a new series about faith. And uh, faith is super important. Turn to Luke's gospel, the eighth chapter, and we're going to go through what faith is. How do you get faith? Um, you know, how, is there a way to release faith? It, what, what about faith? Why is it important? And, I mean, you know, because if you walk down the street and you talk to anybody just about, uh, people will people who don't go to church, people who don't read a Bible, people who don't do anything like that, and you say, do you have faith? They'd say, oh yeah, I got faith. Anybody ever met somebody like that? I got faith. I, got, I have faith. And so we're going to look at some of that stuff from the Bible, not today, but why faith? Is there something to faith? Is faith important for the believer? And, you know, you could say, yeah, it is, and you're right. But sometimes I think people, when they hear about faith, that's what happened when I got saved, and I just have faith, and I've got all the faith I need, and I can't do anything to get more faith. Uh, I could get stronger in faith. I could get weaker in faith. Could that happen? You know, Jesus said that certain people were weak in faith. He said some people were not weak in faith. He said some people, he said, oh, you of little faith. And other people, he said, where is your faith? Another one, he said, you have great faith. Well, then that tells me faith is not uniform. Would you agree? I mean, if you could go around and say, hey... Weak, strong, where, little, then we, we would recognize then that faith is not even. It's not equal. It's not the same. And, and faith can be increasing because the Bible said in Thessalonians, your faith increases greatly. But then there's places where it tells you not to cast it away. So faith is mentioned throughout the Bible, and it's measurable. It's something we have to work on ourselves to maintain, to build it, to get it stronger. And so faith, uh, you know, is not just something random, so today we're going to talk about why faith. So Luke 18, the 18th chapter, and I'm going to read in the 8th verse. These are Jesus' words. He had just finished teaching uh, uh, some end time stuff earlier on, and then he makes this statement right here in the 18th verse. Now when I talk about end time stuff, I'm talking, you know, before this. You know, and then he's going to after this. But notice this, Luke 18, verse 8, it says, I tell you, now he's wrapping up something he got done saying about prayer and being persistent in faith. But here he said, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily, nevertheless. So now he's picking up something new. He said, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, or when he returns. I bet you we're closer to his return than his departure by a mile. 
And I would venture to think we're real near his return. And he said, when the Son of Man returns, will he really find faith on the earth? It's an interesting thought. Will he really find faith on the earth? Well, then that can undo some stuff in our thinking. Because how many people, if you just went randomly around the world and said, how many of you have faith? How many of you have faith? They'd go, I got faith, I got faith, I got faith. But is it the kind of faith he's looking for? Because if he said, will I really find faith, tells me, then it may be here, it may not be here. It may be with some and not others. And what some people may be calling faith may not be really faith. Because if he said, when I come, will he really find faith on the earth? For us, the answer will be, good, yes. He'll have faith. How many will have faith when he comes? We should be saying, yes, I'll have faith when he returns. Because know this, and this will be later on. One way you turn your faith loose is through your words. So if you want to have faith when he comes, you should say, when he comes, I'll have faith. <laughs> How many are going to have faith when he comes? I I, oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> right? And so if he is going to come back and he's going to say, am I going to really find faith? then that must mean when he comes back, he's going to be looking for it. And he's going to be examining faith. Because if he said, will I really find faith? So is faith important? Is faith important as the end comes near? Yes. We know this one term that's used again and again in the letters in the New Testament is we heard of your faith and your love and your faith and your love. And it's interesting because there's two scriptures, one here about your faith. Will I find it or our faith or the world's faith? And then another one about love. He said, as we get closer to the end, the love of many will wax cold. It's that term like when you dip a candle and it'll just get to the point where they may have had love at one time, but they're just covered with other stuff. And so we can be strong in love and strong in faith and we will endeavor to be and will be when he returns. And I'll go, oh, that's what I was really looking for. And he won't just find it here. He'll find it in other places. But by this we know he may not find it everywhere. Why faith though? Turn to Hebrews the 11th chapter, Hebrews 11. And so we're just going to look at why is faith important? Why should be, this be a topic of discussion? Why should I uh, put a focus on faith? Is, is faith just something, you know, abstract? You know, just faith. Or is it, can it be pinpointed? Can it be real obvious? And then what does it do? Hebrews 11.6 says this, but without faith. Now, now think about it. 
without faith, don't keep reading, stop it. <laughs> Think about it, without faith. So that means some people could be without faith. And remember, when the Lord comes back, what will he look for or seek and see? Real faith. And he said, but without faith. So there may be some people without faith. But notice, but without faith, it is super hard. It can take a lot. It's impossible to please God. You could say it like this. If, if it's impossible, then that means you cannot please God unless you have faith and without faith. Impossible. That means, well, if I do a bunch of good works... Hmm. Now, does God like good works? Yeah, but you can't substitute good works for faith. As a matter of fact, good works are, should be the result of faith, not laws and rules. Thank you. Because in the Old Testament, they had a bunch of rules. Faith really is the outcropping of our relationship with God and His Word. And so when he said here, uh, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. Then I need to know, can I get this faith? Do I have this faith? And if it's impossible to please him without it, then he better tell me where to get it or how to get it or do I have it or what does it look like? Because if this is what pleases him and it's impossible to please him, then I better focus in on this and make sure I'm, I'm faith in it right. Is, is that a word? But he said, for he... now Yeah, now it's a word. For he who comes to God... Must, impossible, must, this is it, this is the only way, must believe that he is and that he is, you got to believe that he is when you come to him, and then you got to believe not only that he is, these are musts, like impossible, must. So if I'm going to come to God... He who comes to God must. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And then you must believe this too. You okay? Everybody okay? So you got to believe he is God because this is the only thing that's pleasing to him. And then you have to believe this about God. What do I got to believe? He is a rewarder. He's a rewarder. He will reward you. You have to believe that. Well, it's just up to God. No, he said you must believe he's a rewarder. 
well, you know, just it, it could be that God wants this for me, or he may not. No, you must absolutely believe he is a rewarder. He rewards. Must believe that he is a rewarder. Of what? Well, it's whatever it is, it's connected to faith. Because that's the context. Those who diligently seek him. So that means your pursuit of him has to be according to faith. Your following him must be according to faith. Now you could see, I better know what faith is. I better know where to find faith. I better know how to get faith. Do I have faith? All these things, because if these are musts and it's impossible, then man, oh my, this is getting more important. Turn to Mark 11. Actually, stay right there for a minute before we turn. There might be something else there. Uh, but without faith, it's impossible to please Him, God. You want to please God? Then you better have faith. I better have faith. Faith comes through hearing God's Word and from His dealings. But... Notice, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For, and these are all connected, for he who comes to God. Think about it. He said, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then he said, but he who comes to God must believe. He who comes to God must believe. You need to think about this because these two parts are connected. Without faith, it's impossible to please him and he who comes to God must believe that he is. So that means if I'm going to approach God, I've got to approach him in faith and I already know how he's going to be toward me. And you already know how he's going to be towards you. No, I don't. I'm not sure. No, you do know how he's going to be towards you. Somebody said, I'm not sure. You guys want to learn a secret? You want to know how God, God's going to be towards you if you come to him in faith? Does anybody want to learn? Okay. I'm just going to tell you right here. He's going to be pleased. Didn't it say that? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if I come to him, and I come to him in faith, he's going to go, I'm pleased. Because you know how many people go, I'm just afraid to go to God. No, he said, if you go to him in faith, pleased. Seeing how many other people have different ideas about approaching God different ways. And then they think, well, this will be pleasing to him. Or if I'm good enough, this will be good. He said, no, if you approach me, because he who comes to him must believe that he is. Trusting in him, he's pleased. It's impossible to please him any other way. You mean, if I just 
have faith when I go to him, that's pleasing. Yeah, it's impossible to please him any other way. So you already know his response when you go to him in faith. Oh God, I just don't know if you really love me right now. I don't know if you're really for me right now. He's not pleased with that. When you come to him, go, here I am. If you're saved, I belong to you. Here I am. That's faith. And he's like, ah, I've been waiting to talk to you. But what a lot of people do is they add a bunch of other stuff in there. And it's all up in their head. And it's affecting them. And it shouldn't. So notice this. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to him must believe that he is. And when you come to him, he's pleased that you believe in him. But he's pleased that you believe he's a rewarder. So when you come to him and you go to inquire and pray and seek him, well, we just never know what the Lord's going to do. We don't know what he's going to do. He's not pleased with that. You know what he's pleased with? When you believe he's going to reward your seeking, your prayer, your approach in faith. So you go, well, should I really? It makes me nervous. Why? He said he's pleased. Why would it make you nervous about him unless you didn't know something about him? And he's telling right now, when you come to him and you do it the right way, in faith, you please him. You believe he is, so he's pleased. You believe he's a rewarder of those who go after him. So that means, you know, he's, he's a rewarder. He's going to give something. He is. You have to believe that. Is faith important? Yeah, so much so that God's waiting for you to live your life by faith. That's why the Bible said the just shall live by faith. And he said, and he said there in Hebrews, he said, and if any man draws back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. The writer said that. Why? Because it's not even pleasing to God. Why would I have pleasure in something God doesn't? And so many people come to him and they're not believing that he is and that he is a rewarder and that doesn't please him. It doesn't mean he doesn't like you. It doesn't mean he's angry with you, but he's pleased. How many parents, the Bible said, you know, a natural parent would give good things to their children of who ask, he said, how much more would God give good things to them who ask? That means we've got to believe he is a rewarder. He wants to. Everybody okay? Turn to, to Mark. Now we'll get there. Mark 11. He who comes to him must Without faith, impossible. Is faith important? Man, if we know what it is when we approach him, we know that's pleasing him. 
Mark eleven twenty two, Jesus said right here, Mark eleven twenty two, and Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Don't try, just do it. Because you can. Have faith in God. Why is faith important? For assuredly I say to you that who, and he's going to describe faith in action. He said, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He'll have whatever he says. Notice the mountain is not moved until man participates in faith. Right? He, and he said he would reward, he would do good, he would respond to faith before. And notice here, he's describing, have faith in God. Now he's giving you a description. And he said, if you'll participate in faith, mountains, problems, things will change. Well, then faith's got to be important. Then he goes on to say in verse 24, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Is faith important for prayers being answered? Yeah, because notice there's a believing there that you receive it. And he's describing how faith is. You believe you receive it. You believe you get it. Before you see it, then you'll have it. So he's saying faith is fairly important. If it can move problems, and how many people are waiting on God going, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. And we found that he's looking for faith. And that using faith can start making things turn. Well, then I need to know what faith is. I, don't, I need to know if I can get it, how to get it. And then if, I, if I've got it, and this now shows that faith is what's needed, and then you have a part to using your faith, then it's becoming maybe quite important. For, important for dealing with problems, Important for dealing with prayer or getting prayer answers. In other words, using my faith will help my prayers. My prayers do not just work because I go pray, pray, pray. We'll get into that later. Then the very next verse says, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anybody, forgive them. And it goes on to say some different things to help faith. But notice this in Ephesians, the second chapter. So mountains can be affected. Problems can be affected. Prayers can start working when we start uh, putting this faith into action. But notice this in Ephesians, the second chapter. This right here is hugely important. Normally, when we read these verses right here in Ephesians 2, most of the time, not always, but most of the time, people signal in or focus in on one thing. And we're going to look at this real quick. Ephesians, the second chapter, the eighth verse. 
it says, for by grace, you have been, not you're gonna. He's writing to believers here. You have been saved. Boy, if that was the only thing written, he just said, by, by grace or by the gift from God, you've been saved. But he didn't stop there. He said, notice this, through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Meaning the grace that was given was a gift from God. And notice he said, by grace you have been saved through applying your faith. Now when we talk about that verse, often what we talk about is being saved, born again, becoming a child of God. But that's not what that verse is altogether saying. In the context of the whole chapter and the whole book, he's really talking about how to live an overcomer life. How to overcome the enemy and problems when they come and how everything that you need, Christ has provided by grace. Right? If you go back and look, it's freely freely yours. There's grace for the lost. There's abundance of grace for the believer. But notice, he said, for by grace you have been saved. That word saved there uh, could be changed. And maybe if you have an amplified Bible, I didn't look this up, but if you do, there, the word saved there is a word that means more than what most people use it for, born again. It literally means to heal. It means to protect from trouble and harm. It means to make whole, physically, even emotionally. So if by grace you are saved or healed or delivered, or protected through faith. In other words, your, your faith that you have receives or lays hold or puts into practice divine protection. Is that important today? I was thinking maybe so. Do I have a part to play? Here's the thing. We can rely on natural things. And we rely many times on natural things. And we should be also relying on spiritual things and not just natural and thinking, well, that's all. We do it often. We go to the store. And what's the last thing you do when you get out of your car? Lock it. Push the button. Right? And then as you're going, you're like, did I do that? You're, what are you doing? You're enforcing protection or what you think is protection. You're, you're putting an effort in to have protection. Right? Now, I'm not saying stop doing that. 
But if this, if this word means to protect also, then instead of just thinking the highest level of protection is that button, what about the ministering spirits the Bible talks about that will watch over us, minister for us, deal with us, protect our stuff? What, can we do that? But not just... By faith. If it's part of it and it's a gift, if protection is a gift, then and it's put into play by faith, then how do you do that? I know how to do the remote thing. But it takes some effort, right? Then I wonder if there's a little bit of effort we could do through faith to apply some protection to our lives wherever we go. Even the devil knows there's divine protection. And he tried to get Jesus to act stupid in it instead of by faith. He did. He tried to be, make him be stupid. He said, hey, the Bible said, the Lord will give his angels charge of you. Just jump off of this. And his angels will soup down, and he misquoted a verse and bear you up lest you know this happened. And Jesus said, shut up, misquoter of scripture. And he just said, listen, I'm not supposed to tempt. I'm not supposed to do this and these different things. And, but you think about it. He'll bear you up. You know, he'll do this. There is a right way to have divine protection. Jesus didn't try to put on a show and jump and go, okay, there you go. But there's no doubt he did use that protection at different times. When crowds came to get him, he just walked out of the midst. Another time they were going to, you know, do different things, and he was protected. How? Through his faith. He, he put this into play. So when we think about this verse, by grace you're saved, by grace you're healed, by grace you're delivered, by grace you're protected. How? It's there through faith. Is faith important? Yeah, because, because grace... And salvation, both those objects, the gifting and that salvation is provided for by God. It's a gift of God. The only part I have any say in, so to speak, because I don't have say in, you know, certain things I receive, so to speak. In other words, he's provided them. He has a say in that. But me using my faith, whether I walk in it, I have a say in that. So this is important, sort of, to the point must, must, impossible, right? Let's close over here with this verse right here in 1 John 5. I think we'll close here. 1 John 5. Is faith important? So then we're going to need to know what faith really looks like. 
Because listen, if Jesus is going to come back to find faith, he's going to look and he's either going to find it or not find it. Do you think it would be unfair to us if he came back looking for it? And uh, I don't even know what it looks like, so I hope I got it. We'd be all shooting different directions. It'd be doing like doing Easter egg hunt and not telling kids what Easter eggs look back look like. And someone comes, kid walks back in with a handful of dog poop. Look at this. No, that's not what we're hunting for. Just trying to find out who's awake. I mean, if it's an Easter egg hunt, we want to know what an Easter egg looks like. You know, I come back with rocks and branches and everything. No, no, they look like this. Well, then, then, then that's what he's going to try to come and find. And so if I know what it looks like, then, then I can have something that looks like an Easter egg or faith. See, I didn't say the other thing. 1 John 5, verse 4. Notice this and how it's worded, written to Christians. For what, whatever is born of God, or you could say whoever is born of God. So is he writing to lost people? No. Now, the last verse we read, it can be for believers or lost people. Because it's how you enter in, but then it's how you live after. This is strictly for the believer. For whatever is born of God or whoever is born of God overcomes the world. Is that automatic? Overcomes the things that are in this world. Notice this. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Notice this. It's the individual's possession, the individual's faith that can overcome the world. You know how many people are getting more and more worried? Man, I'm telling you the harvest was ripe before. It's getting more ripe. I believe we're having an influence. We should just be looking. The other day, a fire broke out right up here, so I drove up, and I was looking, and this guy was standing there. We started talking, and all of a sudden, the conversation went toward God, and he said, you know, I wonder if we're near the end. I said, well, I think, and kind of shared a couple things, and he's like, I, I need to know, you know, whatever I said happened to be. I'm a Christian and a pastor, too. He said, I need to come to your church. Do you have a card? He said, I need to know. People, but here's the thing. He needs faith to even get saved. But now that we're saved here, and we're in a great place, meaning, man, oh my, the world needs it. And if they're not willing to come, but they want to know, they can watch first. But notice, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. 
It's something you have to have, and then you can overcome the world. The world is being overcome with worry and fear and anxiety. And you know, you don't have to have worry and fear and anxiety. If you tell people that, sometimes they think you're lying. Liar, liar, liar. No, you really don't. You can have peace and calm right now. And you want me to tell you how? Yeah. That five-letter word we've been throwing around. Faith. Can't get saved without faith. You can't overcome without faith. And think about it. If people make fun of faith people, they're making fun of overcoming. They're making fun of living victorious, being protected, being saved, pleasing God, moving mountains, getting answers to prayer, and overcoming the world. All those faith people. Praise the Lord. <laughs> That's what, I, yeah, yeah, those faith people. You mean the people who please God and that the others that don't have it can't? Oh, yeah, I'll join them. Who cares? But you could see how ignorance can play in and make it a ploy of the enemy to pull people away from faith. Oh, faith people. Well, what are the options? Oh, doubt people. I mean, where are we going with this? You with me? Jesus you know, when he talked about faith, he wasn't like, well, you know, there's another thing besides doubt and unbelief. No, faith is important. And so we'll close with this. We'll read it one last time. For whatever is born or whoever is born of God. How do we get born of God? Or how does somebody get born of God? It's not by works, because faith is not works. The Bible said, if you think that works are faith, it's not because, or comes by works, because then it's owed you. You deserve it based on your own merit. And he said it's by faith. That way you can't boast. Well, I'll tell you what, I've been good enough. I've worked hard enough for this. And how many people approach God that way? They do not approach him by faith. That's not pleasing. You're telling me works are, I can't work for my salvation, work for these things? No, you can't. No, well, at least according to the Bible. And God's going to judge us out of the book. And I'll tell you what, I'm just going to go ahead and stick with it. And he said, whatever is born of God, and the only way you can do that is by faith, What is it to be what is it to be born of God? Somebody said we're all born of God. No, we were all God's creation, but we had a whoopsie right away. And it wrecked man internally from that time forward. So when he talks about being born again, Born again is not physical birth. He said that which is born of the spirit is spiritual. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. 
there's a spiritual rebirth and a physical birth. A spiritual birth, a physical birth. These people he's writing to have already gone through this spiritual birth. Obviously, natural too. Being that you're here, you've done that. Okay. Everybody, some of you aren't even sure of that. <laughs> That's how it happened. That's how you got here. Ultimately, somewhere in your past, there was a physical birth. And you were the object of that. There has to be a definite spiritual birth to become a child of God. And he said, and whatever or whoever is born of God has the potential to overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Or you could say it like this. Uh, my faith, but it has to be a mutual faith. This, my faith can't be different than yours. Your faith cannot be different than mine. Ours can be totally different in whatever, but it's this mutual type of faith he's talking about that is the faith that overcomes the world. And if I have that kind of faith, I'm in. If we all do, we're all in. In the family, and then once we're in, if we have that same kind of working faith, this type of faith will overcome the world. Not the non-real faith or different faith, but this, whatever type this kind is, and I'll talk about it next week, well, at least part of it, we'll get into details about this faith, what it looks like, how to know when I got it, what can I do to increase it and develop it, and the list goes on. So then that means I could increase in victory. I could increase in strength. I could increase in peace, protection. My car will be better protected. You know what's even bigger than your car? You. You with me? You being protected. You being protected. Amen? Amen.